Hi, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Let's Get Sexy, the podcast where I read an erotic story to you, and you listen to it, and hopefully enjoy it. We've been reading a story that I found on literotica.com. It's called Lesbian Slave Island, and it's by the author Fit and Trim. You can find them by searching for them as an author on literotica.com, and once you get onto their profile, you'll be able to see all the stories that they've written, or rather... I should say, all the chapters of Lesbian Slave Island, because that's the main one on there. We are now on chapter 11. We've come a long way, and Helen and Sasa are on the island now with their love slave, Lisa. Last time they had a bit of an initiation ceremony for Lisa. She was forced to vocally reaffirm that she is a totally owned love slave a hundred times to the sisters. And that seemed to have quite a deep psychological impact on Lisa in terms of her submission, although she was very submissive anyway. We had a big list of various things that they got up to together, including the usual clamping items and notably a dream catcher, which was used to stretch apart her labia. Things rounded off with a little bit of manual labour for Lisa, working in the garden, getting hot and sweaty in front of her two owners. Of course, she's naked all this time, getting covered in dirt while the two sisters are nicely dressed and nice and clean. But a bit of a short chapter, chapter 10. Um, Only 1,300 words, which from the stats, possibly a little bit disappointing for some of the audience. Only a 4.27 star rating only 20 likes, and only one comment, which was disappointing for me. The next chapter, the one we're about to read, chapter 11, seems like a bit of a return to form for Fit and Trim. It's a nice long chapter, nearly 4,000 words, 3.9 thousand to be exact, but I think we'll try and get it all in one episode of this podcast. It's not quite long enough to split up into two. It had a 4.41 rating and 25.4 thousand readers. Slight reduction in the likes, down only to 13, but there are two comments. So I don't know what you make of those stats, but I tend to think that a slightly longer chapter is more satisfying. And I felt like we suffered last week from just a mere 1,300 words. So, let's get into it. Let's start reading chapter 11 of Lesbian Slave Island. Subtitle, The Morning After is Filled with New Nude Humiliations. Helen wanted to talk about last night and the new reality we had started together. Sasa, just look at our slave property. So obedient. So totally owned by us. Even if she wanted to, there's nowhere she could escape to. But she doesn't want to. She dreamed of this. Even begged us for this, she said. Sasa pointed at my blushing face, smiling. She blushes about wanting this, but didn't blush posing her naked body so shamelessly. I blushed more deeply and looked down. Sasa continued. And she is sweaty and muddy, and loving it because she's probably wet down there again. Sasa gestured towards my arched, exposed, submissive, shiny and naked body, and pointed at my exposed loins. Helen disagreed. 
shaking her head slightly. Oh, she is still not shameless. She is embarrassed being ordered to pose like this, but she is even more embarrassed knowing that we know she wants this, craves this. Helen's voice lowered to a whisper. You do crave this, don't you, slave? I found myself a bit angry that Helen would humiliate me so, but I was more aroused than angry. I felt self-pity, so naked, so sweaty, dirty, exposed and owned. My voice therefore shook, and I could still not look into their eyes as I nodded and replied, Yes, my owners, though, I gulped, and mustered the courage to look into their eyes. They seemed extremely interested in what I was going to say. This encouraged me. Sometimes I feel a little despair, almost like loneliness. But it wasn't loneliness exactly. I guess I felt sorry for myself sometimes. You know, poor little me, a slave being whipped. But I loved that emotion too, sort of. Does that make sense? I asked. Helen nodded. You're getting into the role, and it's getting real. And it's not a role, it's reality. This is totally real. Sasa nodded. We do actually own you, slave. There is a contract. Helen nodded. You are owned. Property, she said. I glanced into Helen's eyes, smiling a little, because she and I had talked about this moment, when it would be real, and how I'd dreamed of it. Then Sasser and I, gazing into one another's eyes, also exchanged smiles. I'm not totally sure why I smiled at her too, but I believe it was the interpersonal connection and the mutual understanding that we each wanted this, and perhaps that we are embarking on this journey together. Helen then said, Even though this is real, that we own you as property, it doesn't mean that I don't still love you, slave. Even though we are not equal, even though I own you, even though you are my property. I smiled enough then for my teeth to show. Sasa, to my delight, straightforwardly and unhesitatingly revealed that she might be developing a crush on me. Or is it just lust? I don't know, slave, she said. Helen looked at Sasa, smiling. I saw no signs of jealousy, only happiness. Well, sis, I say you should give in to your feelings. This property is both of ours. Follow your bliss. Enjoy her. Let it all out. Sasa smiled back at her sister. Then I, for the first time, saw Sasa blush. I felt a glow inside. I whispered, Thank you, my owners. That helps. I love you. Helen smiled. So then your utter submission, your usage and training and discipline by us, is that much more easy for you to handle. Your fantasy will be totally experienced. I'm doing this for you because I love you, however sick this may seem to some. And of course, this whole scene is very hot. Sasa added, We will take you on a real ride then because you not only want it and love it, you also love us, and we can do what we love to do, and right now I want to train you more to obey. Totally obey. Instantly obey. You sex-crazy slave. You're going to really get what you fantasized about. I instinctively bowed my head deeply, and instantly said firmly, Yes, mistress. Yes, my owners. Thank you so much. Sasa did not waste time. She grabbed the riding crop, and stepped beside me to start whipping my upper back. I gasped and whimpered a little. Sasa ordered me to lie face down on the dirt and grass, and spread my arms and legs out wide to make an X. Soon she was making me twitch and cry out with very hard hits to my derriere. Helen advised her to make a crisscross pattern. 
I ventured a glance to confirm the red welts were forming. I was suffering, but also exulted in the attention, and seeing my naked, curvy, fit buttocks flex and relax. I loved it that these two lovely ladies were staring at me and being aroused by my naked ass. I loved the feeling of the earth and even the swish of the crop through the air. I kept saying ow, and it did hurt, but my dream was real, very much real. I wondered if my punishment had anything to do with her just saying she had a crush on me. Helen advised her to stop for now, and I instinctively began licking and kissing Sasser's feet with passion and love. Her feet even became rather wet as they let me go on licking and kissing, silently watching my display of subservience. I boldly spoke without permission. Well, it was more moaning than speaking. Oh, my owners, I am yours, totally yours. Then an ow, when Sasser used a riding crop on me, with two direct hits to my derriere again. Mmm, oh yes, totally surrendered, your total slave, your totally owned property, Oh, yes, totally, I said. Helen observed. The discipline causes an excellent reaction. Sasa added. She is really becoming our property. I moaned. Yes, my owners, your property, your slave property. You own me, really do own me. Our training is working, smiled Helen. Sasa observed that since the erotic discipline is working so well to train me, getting such wonderful submissive responses, they should discipline me often. I'm looking forward to coming up with many different ways to train and discipline you, slave, she said. I only whimpered and moaned in ecstasy. No objections from me, their slave. I craved the attention, erotic humiliation and total surrender in this fantasy made real. Yes, my owner, if that is your wish, I am your total and utter slave property, eager to obey and be yours. Sasa laughed softly and said to Helen, I think that means she wants it. Do you, slave? I paused, thinking of the pain to come, but also my dream come true, and did not want to hesitate. My every thought and emotion is for you to know about, my owners. I must not hide my emotions. Your slave property is both excited and wanting all of that discipline, but also afraid. I hope you remember not to permanently scar me, otherwise it is perhaps... No, not perhaps... It is best for you to decide the level of punishment and training to make me the sex slave property of your desire. Of course, not only for training, but for pleasure. Please, squeeze out my emotions and surrender and eroticism. My other thought is that I hope you will still respect and love me, I asked. Helen quickly reassured me that of course she will continue to love me. Sasa added with a twinkle in her voice and eyes, and I started to look up at them, that the more she could play with me, the more she would be obsessed with me. Helen said, But remember, your delicious ideas for eroticism are welcome, and yes, demanded slave. Thank you, my owners. I place my safety in your hands and wisdom, and give you everything, my body, my mind, my heart, fully own and use me. No inhibitions, please. Helen breathed. Wow. She knelt, stroked my hair, and kissed me softly on the lips. Sasa firmly said that she accepts all of that, and that she will push my boundaries, not only to fulfil my dream, but also her own desires, new desires she had not imagined before. She added that seeing me so naked and so obedient, and the conversation made her hot. She ordered me to stand with my hands behind my back, and proceed to passionately French kiss me and squeeze my breasts. 
Sasa seemed to apply willpower to be able to step back from me. She looked me up and down with lust in her eyes. I couldn't help but smile. My eyes must have shone with happiness. Sasa looked at Helen to tell her, I almost can't help it. I want to tie her and use the riding crop, and just make her obey me, she said. Helen smiled and nodded. Then you should, sis. Sasa smiled at me, and I couldn't help to smile back. Despite what Sasa wanted me to do now, Helen commented on our smiles, asking me whether it felt like a betrayal, sort of, to be kissed by Sasa, but then for Sasa to want to bind and whip me. I had to think about that, because of the mixed feelings. Yes, and no, mistress, I said. Helen told me to elaborate, while Sasa tied my wrists together behind my back. Yes, my owner, I said to buy time. Hmm, yes, it is confusing. I love both. Both are expressions of sex and passion, and I hope love. I know what you mean. It is strange, but fantastic. I have to admit I love it, but I do feel nervous about all the discipline to come. I hope there will be much, and I am nervous. And, this is hard for me to admit, I feel that as you discipline and use and display me and utterly dominate me, you are paying attention to me, and that is what I, I mean, what your slave property needs most. I stood there, with my owners facing me, Sasa closest and holding the riding crop. Sasa nodded in understanding, and then began to point at various parts of my so naked and exposed body, as the sisters briefly discussed where might be interesting to strike me to test me, and elicit emotional reactions from me that would arouse them and me. Not only for immediate erotic enjoyment, but also training of owners and slave, that this is a real situation, that the sisters can, and even should use pain and situational humiliation as a crucial aspect of the BDSM sex-slave real ownership. Then Sasa looked me in the eyes, her own eyes sparkling, to order me to keep standing there, however much it hurt, and however much I might want to bend away or run. Though I loved this, being so naked, sweaty and muddy, wrists bound together behind while they were fully clothed, and the idea of being erotically tortured and my slave discipline tested, my eyes welled up a tiny bit, thinking that Sasa could seem so untroubled about using the crop on me. Yet Sasa's sparkling eyes and clear happiness about enjoying her sex slave in this cruel way also aroused me to no end. Sasa's readiness and willingness to cause erotic pain gave me hope that my erotic dreams would indeed be fully realised, so I could not help but smile slightly and my face even communicated gratitude, even as my eyes watered with self-pity, and a little shock over Sasa's unconflicted joy over using the riding crop on my vulnerable nudity. When Sasa suddenly thwacked my left breast, Helen seemed to flinch almost as much as I. I involuntarily yelped and twisted to the right, but held my naked legs and feet firmly in position and quickly faced Sasa directly again but I first glanced down at my breast, which to my surprise showed no redness yet. When I looked into Sasa's eyes again, I felt a moment of surprise when I saw only happiness in them. She seemed to know no remorse for what she'd just done, but as I stared back at her, I suddenly shared in her joy. Sasa took her sweet time using the riding crop on me, as I stood as gracefully and with as bold a posture as I could, back slightly arched, chest thrust out. Feet apart, legs straight. Helen complimented me on this posture. Though I certainly felt a sharp heat of pain at every landing of the crop, 
I also felt unusually extra aware of my open loins. I had stood with feet separated enough that my shaved, smooth loins were somewhat open. I was moist with arousal there, and could feel the heat emanating from them. I loved it whenever Sasser or Helen glanced at my exposed nether region. It was as if a burst of sexual energy were lit every time my open loins got their attention. Sasser also began to compliment and tell me what a good sex slave I was being, as I did my best not to break position. I whimpered and yelled several more times, flinching my whole body and facial expression almost every time because the pain was often quite sharp. Sasser whispered to Helen, as if I weren't there, that she loved the emotions I was showing on my face when I winced. I realised with dual arousal and foreboding, this meant Sasser would certainly be erotically torturing me a lot. Sasser admired the reddish welts and spots that started to appear. Then she suddenly ended the session with a flurry of hits on my derriere. During this barrage on my buttocks, I kept grunting and saying, Ah! Then Sasser ordered me onto my knees to say, Thank you, my owner, which I grovelingly and emotionally did, meaning it. And of my own volition, I began licking her shins and perfect knees. This was very subservient after such treatment, and because it was difficult to maintain balance with my hands behind me. Sasser grabbed my upper arm and pulled me stumbling to an area of ground that was moist and therefore soft and muddy. I felt humiliated being handled so, stumbling to keep up. She let me go, and when I was on my knees in the mud, ordered me to fall forward. I apprehensively let myself fall face forward onto the moist dirt, and landed softly, feeling the cooler earth. It actually felt good in this tropical sun. Sasser ordered me to wiggle on the ground, and get more dirt and mud all over me. She helped me to turn onto my back to cover more of my skin. Helen said she'll be right back with some other restraints to add to my humiliation, subservience, and feeling of being utterly owned. I actually smiled at her for this. When Helen was on the way to the house, Sasser smiled and told me she'd noticed my little smile about Helen's idea. You are a humiliation slut, aren't you? she said. Though I don't like the word slut, it did make me feel even more humiliated and uninhibited, so I nodded and whispered, Yes, my owner. Sasser grinned and knelt by my shoulder. I was in bliss when she leaned forward to passionately French kiss me, sucking my lips and tongue into her mouth. Sasser came up for air and breathed, You are such a hot little slut slave, and Frenched me more while kneading my breasts, which were thrust upward due to my arched back, caused in turn by my wrists being bound behind me. She started sucking my ears and breathing into them, causing me to moan, Oh, oh. Sasser then sucked me more gently on my nipples, licking between them. Pushing up with her arms, her blonde hair hung, framing her face as she looked my body over and then into my eyes. She whispered, You hot, hot, hot thing. I almost couldn't believe this dream coming true. A young, beautiful woman I admired and lusted over was in lust with me. Yes, my owner and I'm all yours to do with as you please. You own me, actually own me, I said. Sasser moaned and almost yelled, yes, and dropped onto me to French and lick passionately. With not much of an idea of how much time had passed, we did not notice Helen watching for a while. I eventually saw her standing there. She seemed surprised, but also slightly smiling. My fiendish plan is working, she laughed softly and playfully. Sasser is no longer risking getting herself pregnant. Sasser stood up. Helen continued. 
Sasa's powerful sex drive is being used on our sex slave. Sasa seemed embarrassed, but smiled. Yes, the plan is working out wonderfully, she said. Sasa stood. Helen observed that Sasa's clothes were now dirty. Sasa laughed. Our slave here will do the washing. Sasa then had me suck and lick the little bit of dirt on the palms of her hands. This act was somehow very subservient and humiliating, and therefore arousing for me. Helen changed the subject, lifting some restraints for us to see. Soon my ankles were chained together, and I felt the sexual humiliating rush of trying to walk fast in them, with Sasa using the riding crop, until I stumbled and fell. Then they worked together to buckle the face harness on. Sasa kissed my nose and ordered me to stick my tongue out, bull gag not on, and ordered me again to stick it out even further. She sucked my tongue for a while, causing more wetness below, and then she stopped and started pulling my tongue out far with her fingers. This was very domineering and humiliating. I saw Helen looking, so my humiliation and therefore sexual arousal soared. Oh, how utterly deranged and owned I felt. I whimpered and must have appeared in distress, but how I loved this, oh. Sasa turned me around to crawl on my knees, but with my torso upright, since I could not use my hands and arms. Therefore I had to humiliatingly knee-walk back to the area of moist earth, making it more muddy with my actions. When I forgot to keep my tongue out, Sasa hit my upper arms and back hard with the crop. When I extended my tongue back out, Sasa sternly ordered me to push it out even further. The effort of pushing my tongue out so far, and the humiliation of this and my obedience, made me want to hump anything I could, or masturbate, but I couldn't. I simply became impossibly aroused, lust-crazed. Sasa grabbed some mud and rubbed it onto my chest and thighs. She occasionally grabbed the head harness to help me keep my balance, and while holding it would sometimes push or pull my head forwards, backwards and sideways, but then pulling and keeping me upright as I would begin to tip over. This rough treatment was in a way more difficult emotionally than being whipped. It was even more humiliating than anything I had experienced so far, and I was in distress, keeping my tongue out and trying hard to keep from falling. Sasa turned me around again and had me knee-walk through the mud again. This time, when we arrived in the muddiest part, she slowly pushed me forward, but then slowed my fall until I was face down in the mud again. My eyes filled with tears, and I whimpered when she ordered me to plant my face in the mud while keeping my tongue out and hard. There were no hard objects that might have caused a cut, but I wondered whether Sasa had thought to look for that possibility. Somehow I thought this even more cruel than the whipping. I was living my dream, but that moment was harder than others. Sasa then pulled my face up by the back of the head harness strap to admire the results. She praised me for keeping my tongue out continuously. She pulled me back up onto my knees, my vision blurred from tearing up, and I felt so strangely different and more deeply personally humiliated when I noticed Helen looking at me. When we all talked about it later, I realised I was still in training, that I wasn't yet submissively sex-slave enough. And the feeling of such rough handling while bound was something disconcerting and difficult to imagine beforehand without experiencing in reality. Sasa seemed to thoroughly enjoy my humiliation as she pointed at and then played with and pulled my tongue with her fingers. She raised her fingers to show Helen and me the dirt that she had pulled off my tongue. I was permitted then to spit out what other dirt I could. Helen softly observed that this was indeed humiliation and that I had asked for exactly that. 
I glanced at her and nodded, rather miserably, but then there was that sexual arousal again. Oh yes, it was so humiliating, and degrading, and a clear sign that I was truly a lowly owned slave, a piece of property. I was hooked on this, what would seem depravity to most, but was simply another way to live out the fantasy that stirred in me so powerfully. Sasser's next act made me think she was unnatural at erotically dominating me. She let me pull my tongue back in, but began inserting fingers into my open mouth. At first she was gentle, and slowly pushed in and out, and even helped get rid of a little bit more soil. Then her pace increased. I began to whimper. She stopped and pulled out, only when I gagged. Helen asked how that made me feel. I blushed with the first part of my answer. I feel that this is the kind of thing that makes the dream a reality. This kind of treatment, this way to enjoy your slave, is proof I am totally owned. This is necessary. Yes, this type of thing is a must, a core to the experience. I am truly owned, dominated, wet, aroused. I am submitting totally. Thank you. That was actually incredible, I said. They looked at each other in surprise. I added that I also felt anxious that I might not please enough, or be hurt, and then I summarised that I had been enormously aroused when seeing BDSM pictures of that, and that I was enormously aroused because of it. Sasa beamed. I got the idea from a porn picture we saw at the beginning of our adventure together. It made me hot too. I smiled weakly, still dazed at what just happened. Helen said, well then, we're all happy then. We three couldn't help but laugh. Even me. What next, Sasa? asked Helen. Or slave girl, you tell us some ways to dominate you now, with your face harness, ankles chain, and wrist tie on. Sasser asked, and don't go easy on yourself. What would be good training for you now, to know deep in your bones that you're actually owned and our sex toy? Oh, for a moment I couldn't think. But they patiently waited. To be continued. Wowee. Okay, that's chapter 11, and we've really lent in hard to the theme of getting dirty and muddy that we just touched on at the end of chapter 10. I guess that was something that was on Fit and Trim's mind to have a bit more of. Um, I should mention that these chapters 10 to 18 are all written in a kind of flurry of activity, only a few months in between them. So this chapter was written about a month after chapter 10, so clearly things were still in mind. To me, though, I don't know if getting muddy and dirty is such a big deal for me. I would much rather roll around in the mud a bit than be whipped, uh, especially if that whipping is going to lead to a sort of crisscross of welts on my derriere. Much rather get a little bit dirty. That seems quite tame in comparison. But actually, as you heard, Lisa found that even worse than the whipping. Maybe that's a difference in the typical male-female experience. I think as a boy, you're encouraged, I suppose, to... Or maybe not encouraged to get dirty, but you're you're definitely not punished for it in the same way that you might be punished socially for being a girl who rolls around in the mud. I feel like boys do a lot of that kind of thing anyway, and there's no humiliation attached to getting dirty or muddy, especially if you're doing something like playing rugby or football or 
Not that I really ever did any of those things. I wasn't really that kind of boy. But rather than it being a source of humiliation, it becomes a kind of rite of passage, a bit of a, a moment of pride to see who can accumulate the most mud on their kit or uniform or whatever. Interesting to get a bit of a an insight into Lisa's state of mind at points during that. Her kind of wrestling with the confusion of being abused, basically, um, in a in a consensual way. They are physically punishing her, yet she is enjoying it and seeing it as this symbol of their love, which is obviously a, a strange contradiction. And it's, it's interesting to see some of the goings-on in Lisa's head to deal with that contradiction. It's strange but fantastic, she says. I don't know how fantastic it would be for me, but certainly quite strange. I get the feeling that the most enjoyable moments for Lisa are not the whipping or the gagging or the, you know, having fingers shoved in her mouth or being pushed in the mud or, you know, any of this kind of stuff. She openly talks about feeling conflicted about those things. She doesn't ever seem conflicted about the moments she shares with Sasa when they're rolling around and kissing each other passionately and that kind of stuff is all good. For, for Lisa and there's no question of her enjoying that and I wonder that there's not a bit of Lisa that would just enjoy being in a kind of loving relationship with Sasa and Helen as a kind of threesome without there having to be this power imbalance. I wonder if there is some room within Lisa's sexuality to enjoy that outside of the context of her being their slave. And I wonder if that's something we're going to get into any more than that, because it does seem like she enjoys that the most, that the other bits, the whipping and stuff is all kind of, it's it's sexy, but with a, a caveat of it being a little bit confusing and contradictory. But then there are these bits where Sasa is passionately French kissing her and sucking her nipples and bits like that, where it's just pure enjoyment and there's there's no confusion there. It's just just a nice thing. So I wonder if that's something that, that we'll ever get to see Lisa enjoy a little bit more of. And it does beg the question a tiny little bit. What is the reason she needs this slavery element at all? Where does the need for that come from? At least though there were no pictures during this escapade. Last chapter there was an awful lot of photography, which was a bit of a sticking point for Lisa not necessarily the most comfortable thing for her to feel like she was being filmed or that the experience was being documented, possibly to share to others or to have to relive at a later date. We didn't have any of that this time, and I think that's probably just as well, given that she was all covered in mud and, and seemed to find that quite embarrassing. So I imagine she was somewhat relieved. Another chapter with not a single orgasm, which to me is a bit of a shock about this story. When I initially thought about reading an erotic story, I expected there to be, and, and specifically in this story, obviously I didn't read it ahead of time, but I sensed that there would be, or, or I expected there to be a few orgasms in each chapter people enjoying sex and getting their kicks and having the kind of sexual experience that people dream of and things you know becoming climactic and reaching a satisfying conclusion in a way that sometimes it doesn't in real sexual encounters i thought that in the fantasy we're bound to have an ample supply of orgasms but yet again we've had a chapter without one i mean it sounds like lisa's exposed loins are very wet 
and <laughs> ready to go, but nobody's really letting her get there. They're keeping her at an arm's length from an orgasm at all times, it seems. And I don't know if she's actually been allowed to have one yet. I haven't been doing a count of the orgasms so far. I haven't been keeping track, but I think that Lisa's given them one each. And Lisa's quite open about what's lacking. She's quite candid, really, about the arousal she's feeling. At times, she's feeling like she just wants to hump anything she can or just masturbate, but she can't. (laughs) Oh, here we go. I simply became impossibly aroused. That must be incredibly frustrating for Lisa, and I wonder how long before she snaps and throws a bit of a tantrum about not being allowed to come. And I wonder also how long the other two girls, the sisters, last without feeling like they want to get in on the action and experience some eroticism for themselves. I mean, I know part of the fun for them is to be the dominant ones in their clothing, but how much sexual fun can you really have without taking your knickers off? Feels like fully clothed is not the optimum state of affairs to be getting maximum enjoyment from a sex slave. But then I guess we are still very much in the training phase. They're still experimenting, trying things out, pushing the boundaries. And today, with the mud thing, we pushed up against one of those boundaries for Lisa, which was a little bit more than she was expecting, I think. Um, Something she'd fantasized about, but the reality was a little bit less enjoyable than the the fantasy and, and the thoughts about it ahead of time. She definitely had a bit of anxiety, I think, about maybe being damaged in the mud if there was maybe some sharp rocks or something in there. And worrying perhaps that Sasa wasn't all that concerned, that maybe she wasn't doing her due diligence in checking the mud for bits and pieces ahead of time. And I think it is a slow build-up type of story. But yeah, we're still very much in the training phase. And as Lisa says, this is necessary. You know, this is the type of thing that they've got to just get through to establish the dominance and get her fully submitting. I wonder if by the end of the chapters that are written, by chapter 18, we'll have got to that point where Lisa is completely subservient and doesn't have any of these kind of pesky, intrusive thoughts about whether this is nice or not. Let's have a little look at the comments. Um... No comments from anyone we've heard from before, as far as we know. Maybe some of these anonymous people are return commenters, but there's no way for us to tell because they haven't left any kind of identification. So there's one anonymous comment here, possibly from someone called DS. Um, they have, they've left the title of their comment as DS. So maybe that's going to be um, a name that we'll see again. They say, quite a long story. However, I was kind of hoping to see the sex slave serving the sisters to multiple fulfilling orgasms, or at least our heroine to be taken to the edge and made to linger there in horny frustration. Even though it's written in the first person, I would also like to know the inner thoughts of each sister, since their dominance is quite different. One is more physical, and the other is rather psychological. I think that's a comment which has been echoed by a few different people, and I think I have some agreement with that. It would be nice to see some orgasms. What's a sex story without orgasms? Without the fulfilling of the fantasy? Without the payoff after the build-up, you know? 
all of these chapters have built up and built up and built up and we have had some moments of payoff but they've been few and far between and none of them have really had that punchiness that I think Lisa deserves at this point having been through everything she's been through I feel like we're really due a big orgasmic payoff and I think DS has rightly identified that as something lacking in regards to the first person narration of the story I think that it's it's impossible, really, when you're writing a first-person narrative to, to know the inner thoughts of other characters. That's just the way that first-person narratives work. You don't get that. What we could have, though, instead is maybe Lisa's assumptions about what the sisters might be thinking. And I think we have had some of that. The little knowing glances between them, the smiles that are peppered with a little bit of contextual meaning... It would be interesting to see a whole chapter maybe written from Sasa's point of view or maybe even more interesting to see a chapter written in the first person from Helen's point of view because she's got a more meaningful relationship with Lisa that I think has some interesting elements to it that could come out. I wonder which is which in terms of the sisters. DS says there's one who's more physical, the other rather psychological. I guess they mean that Sasa is the physical one, while Helen is the psychological. But I don't, I don't know. I think they're both pretty psychological, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I get, I guess there is a psychological element in Helen is sort of using Lisa like as a real object. She, she's Lisa is almost Helen's tool to satisfy her sister. Helen is worried about her sister getting pregnant, it seems like. Um, maybe contraception is not an option for these girls. You know, you never know. I'm not sure why Sasa can't be trusted to use contraception. Um, maybe it's more about the boys. It's, you know, Helen's got a distrust of boys, maybe, who are going to pressure her to have sex without contraception. But for Helen, it's... I guess there is a more psychological element in that it's the use of Lisa is one step removed even. It's, she do, she's not even using Lisa as a slave to fulfill her own needs. She's using them to fulfill someone else's needs so that she doesn't have to worry about that person. So Lisa is really a tool in that sense, like an owned object, um, very objectified. Whereas I guess Sasa is much more physical in that she's the one enjoying Lisa's body doing things but that's not to say there isn't a quite deep psychological aspect to the things that Sasa does to Lisa I think specifically one thing that really jumps out to me the constant fingering of her mouth shoving fingers in and out of her mouth it's almost like you know Lisa is a lesbian so she's not I assume aroused by the idea of giving fellatio to a penis so it must be a bit disconcerting, I suppose, to kind of feel a phallus-like object, like a finger, in and out of your mouth in that way. So that's quite psychological, I think. Maybe another psychological element for Helen is in her enjoyment of it. Most relationships are monogamous relationships where sex and intimacy are an exclusive thing that you only do with a person that you're in the relationship with. And so there's a real psychological element to the taboo of somebody else engaging in these acts with your partner. There's a real boundary being crossed there. 
So I think DS is right about that. There is a real divide between the way the two sisters interact with Lisa and what they get out of their domination. And that's an interesting thing that I hadn't considered before. That was a great comment from DS. I hope we get to hear from them again. Our second comment, the final comment, from an anonymous commenter. One of the hottest stories about lesbian slavery. I'm positively surprised it's still written. I'm waiting for the next chapter. I guess they mean they're surprised it's still being written, because it has been a surprising length of time to be written over such a long time. It's a full decade. And once we get up to the present, with chapter 18 being written in 2022, it's only last year, that's been 12 years. But hopefully all that work is going to really pay off for Fit and Trim. And I know that they're working on an edited version of this story, a fully fleshed out official publication, which as soon as I get the information about, I will be adding that to this podcast so that people can find their way to that, get it for themselves. If you've enjoyed this chapter, please go on to literotica.com and give a like to Fit and Trim. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please like the episode and subscribe to future episodes, uh, which will be coming out on a weekly basis. That's how I do it. And I hope you'll be back next time for another Let's Get Sexy uh, featuring Chapter 12 of Lesbian Slave Island. But with that said, all that's left is to say farewell. During this barrage on my buttocks, I kept grunting and saying, Ah.